Ulterior. I see some of y'all out there putting strawberry emojis in your names on Twitter. Your little juice box emojis. Generational dick riding. But I'm not here to tell you guys what to listen to or what to do with your time. Free will is a crazy thing for real. Um, yeah, that's about all I want to say about that. Um, this episode, it's going to take a little bit to get through, so I want to go ahead and proceed with it. Uh, we've got brand new singles from the likes of Counterparts, Arkells, The Home Team, Divorce Prada, Lotion Shore. What did I just say? Lotion Shore? Lorna Shore. What the fuck am I doing? Lorna Shore. Um, and then brand, Jesus Christ. Brand new albums from Stick to Your Guns and Bangs Arcade. Thanks, everybody. Enjoy this episode. On God, guys, Lotion Shore is the funniest fucking thing I've ever said on this microphone or off of it. I don't even know why I'm continuing all this episode. I already did what I needed to. Um, okay, so the other topic I wanted to talk about. We are actually operating in a world where Woe Is Me is active again. They're actually back. Yeah, I know Historia fucking Woe Is Me is back. Um, and with the Genesis lineup, like, my favorite album of theirs. This is fucking insane, y'all. Um... I'm not going to do it now, but I can go on the whole spiel about what it was like being in the scene during the what was me and issues beef and the disintegration of what was me and the Facebook account being converted over to favorite weapon. And now look at them. Look at them, boys. What was me is active and issues isn't. Wild times. Indeed, a story to tell. Anywho. Um, but the brand new singles for this week, I'm going to start off like I always do. Number one ring song, Scenic Overlook, Whispers of Your Death by Counterparts. This is another single off of Eulogies for Those Still Here out October 7th. And straight up, this was one of the easiest number one picks I've ever had to make for Scenic Overlook. And I don't mean that in the sense that, like, it didn't have competition because it 100% did. But what Whispers of Your Death does is take this really emotional and gripping melodic hardcore song that is so inherently what I want to be hearing from counterparts and mixes in lyrical content that speaks to me for various reasons and on various levels. Um, this song is about Kuma, who is Brendan Murphy's cat, and the experience he had at a time where Kuma was very sick and there was the real possibility of him not making it. Thankfully, Kuma is still here. Kuma is okay. And as much as I would like to get into the full story about what the song means to me, I do think I would rather save that for December when the year-end rankings for the songs happens because at that time, I'll have more space to be vulnerable and let myself be, like, um, I, I guess engulfed by this subject matter that carries more emotional weight to it than possibly any other song I've heard this year. Forever your savior, as much as you are mine, and for that I promise to protect you until the day I die. 
That is one of the most beautiful yet haunting lines I've ever heard in a chorus in my entire life. And I, I think it's going to be embedded into my brain forever. Um, and also, if you're going to check out the song, please be sure to watch the video to see Kuma vibing to the song. And by vibing, I mean presenting himself as not giving a fuck, but that's okay because Kuma's valid. Human Being is the name of the new single by Arkells featuring the fucking human goddess named Lights. The honest truth is that I didn't know who Arkells were prior to last week, and hearing this single, I think I can understand why, because their sound is somewhat in that adjacent territory to where we operate, and by we meaning like the scene, um, but at the same time, I also really, really fuck with what they're doing, especially here because Human Being would have been mad catchy and vibrant even without the lights feature, but getting one of the most important voices to my life on this track made it that much more meaningful and special to me. Uh, Lights is fucking awesome. Arkells are fucking awesome. Human being is so goddamn good. I haven't been able to put it down. Um, just the, the video with like going around the table and one by one, you see each member of the band and then Lights giving her part. It's just like so well done from the video to the song. Everything about human being is amazing. I take a lot of pleasure in being able to gas up the home team on this show, so I'm going to do that right now. Brand new song, not really a single, I guess. Grievance Pay. This was the last remaining new song for me to go over off of the Slow Bloom Deluxe Edition that dropped last week. Uh, Slow Bloom was the band's record from last year, and between this song and the other new one, FOMO, I am perplexed, to say the least, by the omission of those songs because, like, or omission from the original album because they are two of the best on that tracklist, in my opinion. Uh, Grievance Pay is so fucking powerful in its delivery and the production that elevates the groove all throughout the verses and chorus that highlight the shining achievement on the part of the home team that I feel like a lot of people are still sadly missing out on. Like, guys, don't fucking sleep, okay? The home team are amazing. They're incredible. I can go on and on and on about what I think of them right now. Like, they're the kind of band that, you know, when I talked about them last year, I was like, yeah, it's cool. You know, maybe it can grow on me. Yeah. 10 months later, I will not shut the fuck up about the home team. I'm also not going to shut the fuck up about Lorna Shore, one of the biggest bands in the scene right now. Um, brand new single, Cursed to Die. This is off of what we now know is an album called Pain Remains, which is dropping on October 14th. Um, I'm going to say this now about the record. The artwork. Booty. Absolute fucking cheeks. That thing is garbage. But uh, that is where any bit of criticism I can have about Lorna Shore's current state begins and ends. Because they're the faces of Deathcore right now for a reason. 
I, I think this song, Cursed Eye, is exciting all the way through. The epic death metal feel that was present on the other singles, Sun Eater and Into the Earth, is present here in such a big way. And to me, at least, it manages to be catchy while being unrelentingly heavy. And I think that has been the biggest charm to the Will Ramos incarnation of Lorna Shore. Um, like, you know, take away even like the, the hype of, uh, the fuck was it called? It was my favorite songs last year. Why can't I think of the name of it right now? To the Hellfire. Shit. Uh, I'm a fraud, guys. Um, take away like the viral sensation that was to the Hellfire. It's still an amazing song. Um, and I return to nothingness is still an amazing EP. The lead up to Pain Remains has still been flawless in my opinion. And so like, you know, even without the fanfare, Lorna Shore delivering this kind of material still would have gotten them there eventually. I think. Um, the Wonder Years. I haven't really given them a proper spotlight on this show before. I'm going to try and correct the course right now. Brand new single, Low Tide. And truthfully, there's not a real reason why I have yet to give the Wonder Years their flowers on Ulterior. I just guess maybe, like, the opportunity hasn't really presented itself yet. Like, the other singles for The Home Goes On Forever out on September 2nd, uh, Summer Clothes and Wyatt Song, I really enjoy them, but I didn't have them in Scenic Overlook. Maybe there was just, like, other stuff happening those weeks that I preferred. Um, but with Low Tide, there's really no way for me to evade the conversation now because this song is fucking amazing. And genuinely one of my favorite things the Wonder Years have ever done. And to me, that does say a lot because I have a lot of respect for what the Wonder Years have been able to accomplish up to now. Um, with Low Tide, you get like, you know, it, it's pop punk energy, but like not in the way that that phrase sounds or, or the tone that it gives off. Low Tide, it's very angsty while being raw and genuine and emotional, yet still catchy and still vibrant. It still has all the characteristics of a great pop punk song while being so genuine and just so fucking heartfelt. And it's a real testament to the creative abilities of everybody within the one years to bring a song like this together and deliver something that only makes me even more excited to hear The Hum Goes On Forever in full. The final single that I'm going to go in detail on comes from The Devil Wars Prada and it is called Time. It's kind of sort of hard for me to say that these guys are poised to release the album of their careers next month with Color Decay just because of what Plagues and with Roots Above mean to me personally, but I will say that this may be the most impressive singles rollout I've ever seen from the Devil Wars Prada when embarking on a new album. Um, they promoted Time as being the heaviest single yet for the record, and I guess in a broad sense that's true, but... This is still not that heavy, and I fucking admire that, because the Devil Wars Prada following the trajectory of the act is a lot more in alignment with what I want from them right now, as opposed to if they were still doing, like, Transit Blues or 818 type shit. Um, I like those records, but there's a reason why I think the act reinvigorated the band and put them back into the global conversation, if you will. Um, 
I, I think this song, Time, has some insanely catchy moments that further establish where the Devil Wears Prada will be sitting comfortably at on Color Decay, and I am fucking goddamn stoked to hear the rest of this record on September 16th. These were the remaining singles from last week that I gave either a 4 or a 5 to in the reviews on social media. Dead Me by Aviva, Ludovico by Elysian, Gaslight by Foxlake featuring Paleface, All the Things I Hate About You by Huddy, Called Off by Koyo, Color Feeling by Nerve, Icarus by Phase One and Polaris, Prodomy by Riley featuring Marky Bassey, Next X by Swaco, Ronin by The Gloom in the Corner featuring Ryoke and Ishida, and The Night I Lost Control by West Hand. The one song that I gave a 3 to was No More Tears to Cry by Bullet Fine Valentine. It's a modern bullet song. I, I can't really say anything great or even disparaging about it. It just exists and that's fine. You know, Bullet had their time and it is what it is. And so that's going to do it for the singles. There are two albums to get through now. And I'm going to start with the one that I feel like I have more to say about. And, and so this might be a bit verbose in my explanation. Spectre by Stick to Your Guns. So let me try to get through my personal Stick to Your Guns story because... It's a little bit extensive since it's definitely been a long time, I would say, that I have been a fan of this act. Um, so my first experience listening to Six Year Guns would have been around 2010 on a Pandora station because Pandora was a fucking goldmine at the time for me to discover things in that like in-between period of MySpace dying out and streaming services being fully embraced. Um, it, it was the song Amber off of the Hope Division that came on and I was like immediately captivated. Like I was like, what the fuck is this? I feel like I've never heard it before or anything like this before. And I just completely fucking adore it. Um, and genuinely guys, Amber is still my favorite song ever written by six year guns all the way from then until now. And nothing about Spectre changes that. And I can say that definitively and not in like a, like a hurtful or spiteful manner. It's just that Amber is that fucking special to me. And it's a track that I'm going to like keep with me in my heart for the rest of time. Um, so then we got into Diamond from 2012. And in my opinion, Diamond is near fucking flawless. I can point to tracks on there like We Still Believe and Against Them All and Bring You Down and go on and on about like what they meant to me at 17 and how Diamond was the exact brand of hardcore I needed in my life at the time. And after Diamond came Disobedient, and I have to rush through this because I could legitimately probably spend an entire episode talking about Disobedient and how much I fucking love that record. Um, easily, it's my favorite album by Six Year Guns. I don't see that ever changing, if I'm being honest. I feel like the peak of their career has already passed in my eyes, and it was on Disobedient. Um, just fucking nobody, what choices you give us, the war inside, nothing you can do to me, like everything on their fucking hits. And I mentioned Amber and what that song means to me on a personal level. Let's say I didn't discover Six Your Guns until Disobedient as opposed to The Hope Division. The Crown would have been my Amber. The Crown is fucking flawless and perfect. And I was listening to Disobedient a ton over the last week, you know, respectfully to Spectre. Um, 
The Crown is beautiful, guys. Perfect, perfect song. Um, and so after that, we get into things like Better Ash Than Dust and True View. And I think those are good records. Uh, Better Than Ash Than Dust being an EP and True View being an, an album. I think they're good. But I will also say that what they did more than anything else was like affirm my belief that Disobedience was the highest point that I will likely ever, ever have with Stick to Your Guns. And that's okay, you know. There's a reason why I love Disobedience so much. And it's a bunch of shit that I don't really want to get into right now. Because again, I don't have all the time in the world. And that would be an entirely separate discussion for an entirely separate episode. But the recent trajectory of Stick to Your Guns, it's okay in my opinion. I don't dislike it at all. Is it the best thing I think they've ever done? No. And for, for those reasons, I couldn't really go into Spectre... Per, uh, expecting something of like a perfect caliber and that's not what I did at all I figured Spectre was going to be something that I could come on here and say like you know it's good and I like it but I think I've heard better from the band before and ultimately that is where I land don't mind whatever sound you guys just heard one of my cats jumped onto the table um what was that with Spectre uh oh yeah singles rollout um I thought it was good so we had more of us and them, Weapon, Hush, and Open Up My Head. Um, more of us and them came much earlier than the rest of the record, and I thought it was like a good return for Secure Guns. I thought it was like a good statement piece for what Spectre was eventually going to be. Did it stick with me? Did it last? No, but it's still a really, really good song in my opinion. Um, Weapon, we got back at the start of April. I fucking love Weapon. I, I genuinely think that is one of my favorite two songs on this record. I'm going to get into the other one just momentarily. But Weapon, I love the aggression of the verses. I love the melodic chorus. To me, like, that song really, really does its job at taking me back to, like, you know, those days of, like, the Hope Division and Diamond and um, Disobedient. And, like, kind of invigorating that nostalgic feeling within me. Um, the other two singles, Hush and Open Up My Head, they were good. Uh, I think Open Up My Head did a lot of really interesting things. It reminded me of like more recent Thrice stuff. It kind of has like that slower, like almost Southern-esque delivery to its nature. And I really, really admire that. Um, but again, Weapon, in my eyes, was like the clear standout of the singles rollout. Um, and to go along with what I said about Weapon being one of my two favorite songs on the album... The other is the closing track, No Way to Live. I think that is one of the most beautiful songs I've heard all year. I could not put it down after hearing it just once. Um, it, it's one of those tracks that's like very, um, like kind of Life is Strange-esque. If, if that kind of gives off any bit of like an idea or an aesthetic to anyone hearing this who has played Life is Strange before, that acoustic tone, the really just like, emotional vulnerable vocal performance um it is flawless in my opinion i really really like no way to live one of my favorite closers of the year for sure um i do want to also mention the song who dares wins i think that is another like real standout moment for specter it has like a lot of the same energy as weapon and maybe that's like carried over from it being the song following weapon but hearing it on the album it just like really really flowed well and i loved the uh like energetic vibrancy to it i guess and I, I think that point of mine parlays pretty well into my belief that the record benefits a lot from having such a strong lineup for the first half of the track listing um all the way through open up my head 
I thought Spectre was delivering in such a big way. And that doesn't necessarily change or diminish once you get into Liberate as the seventh song. But from that point on, just in my opinion, it felt like some of the tracks got a little bit too comfortable in the sound of Spectre. Like there wasn't um, enough happening for me to be able to single out Liberate or The Shine as standouts when they really just felt like recycled sounds with less of an emphatic nature being presented like they feel like lesser versions of weapon or who dares wins if i'm being honest um there's also another truck on here called father i i really appreciate the chance taking on this track i really like the or rather i would like to like the epic feeling being channeled into something almost spoken word like but it didn't feel complete. It, to me, there was like something missing to the concept that is innately otherwise pretty cool. And I, I think that takes me into my closing thought about Spectre in the sense of like, I do like it. I went with an eight and a half and I feel like it's not going to grow. And if anything, maybe it can drop to like an eight or even a seven and a half if I'm really, really feeling um, like an asshole. Because... There's nothing here presented that was bad. I do like the album. I think that there are moments that are maybe a little bit boring and maybe not so invigorating in the, in the matter of some of the records that I talked about from the band prior. Um, you know, I was going on and on about Amber and Against Them All and The Crown. I don't know if there's anything on here outside of Weapon and No Way to Live that I will be taking with me into the future the way that I did those tracks. Um, I will say it again, Weapon is so fucking inherently sick to your guns and everything I love about that band. And then No Way to Live is an amazing change of pace and such a really, really wonderful and heartfelt song that genuinely almost moves me to tears every time I get to listen to it. Um, I, I think Spectre is not really going to hold up against some of the past material by Six Year Guns, but that's okay. You know, at this stage where we see bands in positions like Six Year Guns, like really, really decline, having them stay at the base level of like an eight or an eight and a half, that's still really good in my opinion. And I couldn't really, really realistically have asked for more. And now I'm going to get into the second remaining album for this episode, Future Lovers by Banks Arcade. So, unlike Stick to Your Guns, I can't give the verbose explanation of a backstory for my attachment to Banks Arcade because there isn't one. I didn't come across this band until the singles rollout for Future Lovers began, and that's actually okay because this is their debut album, so this is like the perfect time for anybody to be discovering Banks Arcade and getting into their music. Um, for myself, Don't Start was the first single available for this record. Why did I say for myself? It was the same case for everybody. I'm not fucking special. Um, Don't Start was the first single available for the record, and at that time that I heard it, I couldn't really pinpoint exactly what this sound reminded me of, but in the process of not only getting through the other singles like Smile and Chosen, um, but also the record at large, the comparison I was able to draw, and I don't know if 
anybody else at all would align with me on this is that Banks Arcade have a sound that feels like a marriage between Sleep Token and Don Broco. That atmosphere of Sleep Token exists to some extent, while to another extent, there is the delivery and the emphasis on giant and raw sounding choruses, similarly to how Don Broco have been operating ever since technology. Um, and to me, it's a cool sound. Like, it's something that's very unique to Banks Arcade. I can't um, apply this to another band in the scene right now. Like, when I hear Banks Arcade, I understand it's them. I understand who they are. And I think it's really, really good for them to have established an identity this quickly on Future Lovers. Um, I'll get out of the way right now. The one area where I thought, like, maybe the record had a shortcoming, that being on System Failure... Um, I just mentioned giant courses and how Banks Arcade brought an abundance of those, but on System Failure, I felt that, like, just something was missing, and I can't really figure it out or explain it properly, but, um, just something wasn't there to really give it the same emphasis as something like Spark, which is massive while retaining the little elements that feel so special to Banks Arcade. Um, there's a song on here called, uh, Ether that has a... Like, somewhat of an interlude runtime and feel to it, but the execution on the production here really gives it the proper space to stand out and cement itself as one of my favorite songs on the record, and an example of Biggest Arcade trying something different and, like, really, really fucking succeeding at that. Um, and I, I do want to go ahead and get into, right now, the two songs that close the album, the first one being Medicine. Um, to me, this was so emotional and like really well delivered because it has somewhat of a slower pace than the other material here but it's the pause and aggression for a bit that makes medicine feel so much more impactful and the heavier instrumentation is perfectly built up towards the end before it's suddenly taken away and the listener is reverted back to the mellow style of binks arcade um that leads into the closing song wine which has this guitar intro that reminded me a lot of Disposable Fix by The Plot in You. Um, and, and that takes you into some of the most gut-punching lyrical moments I've heard all year from any band on any song. They say love wins, but I'm not good at it. The truth is I don't like the way I feel most days. Always talking, but I say the wrong things. And then you proceed into the chorus after that. There's no escape. I think I'll be like this forever. And I'll say the same, messing up my first impressions. Can't learn my lesson. I hope I forget this. I'm sorry, but I will read one more bit from the second verse because I want to emphasize just how much I fucking love what's going on here. Always wanted what I could never have. Cool kids, parties, and pretty pictures for Instagram. Fancy bottles and living like I don't need to plan. We've got the same problems. Let's mix them in with this liquor and drink the night away. Laughing at the songs I wrote about you. I'll tell you everything. I just want to talk about your side of the story that I wrote in my head. This is fucking generational, like, Wine in particular. This song, um, you know, I went on and on right now about um, No Way to Live by Six Year Guns and just, like, how much of a roller coaster of a closing song that was for Spectre. I'm going to apply that same notion to Wine in regards to Future Lovers. I think this is one of the most perfect album outros I have heard all year long, maybe all decade long, if I'm being honest. Wine really, really left like that big of an impression on me, that good of an impression on me. Um, to me, like this is the quintessential work of Banks Arcade discography. Like it, it is fucking tremendous and it is 
so powerful and I really, really cannot get enough of it. And like, it's beautiful and it's baneful, but like, that's what I look for in music. I love the sensation that I can get good or bad. It, it just means a lot to me. And wine is the kind of song that I am proudly going to keep as a part of my life and personality forever. Um, I, I think with future lovers, it's a good statement. It's a very, very good statement. Um, I mentioned with Sick Your Guns Inspector about how the album is probably going to, or it only has a potential to decline for me. I'm going to say now, Future Lovers only has a potential to grow on me. I already love the record, and I feel like my admiration for it might not even have peaked just yet. You know, give me some more time, give me some more listens, give me some more space, and who knows where I'm going to end up at the end of this year with Future Lovers, because it looks really, really bright, honestly. And that's it. That was every album and single f for me to review this week. Um, I don't really know what else to say. Actually, let me close out with this real quick. Um, sometimes on this show, I like to mention like really out-of-pocket tweets that I saw throughout the week. Um, there was something last week about somebody saying that the NFL should be 82 games long. And that is some of the most diabolical, inhuman just fucking devil-stricken shit I've ever seen in my life, and I fucking love the energy that it brought, because a lot of what I saw in regards to that tweet were, like, really, 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 really fucking entertaining. Um, who's that little fucking red-headed kid from the Wild Thornberries who throws the frisbee, and he's, like, talking really, really fast? Somebody said, like, that's gonna be the quarterbacks by week 21 or whatever, and I was fucking losing it, guys. That shit is hilarious. Um... So yeah, if you ever see like really funny out-of-pocket tweets, send them my way. I, I love that shit. It brightens my days, my really, really dark, shitty days. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, for better or worse, let's make a scene. Let's make a scene.